welcome to the first ever episode of The Turnout, a podcast where we acknowledge the rough patches in life and strive to find the good. My name is Alyssa, and I'm here recording with my best friend, Brooke. Woo woo! <laughs> so we thought that we would go ahead and start off with some introductions. So Brooke, do you want to go first? Introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Brooke Wolf. I grew up in Georgia. Alyssa and I are both Southern Bells, and we both went to BYU-Idaho. I actually graduated from there in communications, and the emphasis was video production. And now I'm just living my best single life in Salt Lake City, Utah. Living it up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes. And like I said, my name is Alyssa Leach. I am from Texas. So yes, Southern Bells, it's a way to go. And I, so we met at BYU-Idaho, but I actually graduated from BYU, Brigham Young University, with a degree in public relations, and now I am currently living in Arizona with my husband and my little baby boy. <laughs> Who is the cutest? He is the Literally cutest. the Gucciest of Gucci's. <laughs> I, he is so cute. I'm obsessed. <laughs> we love him. So back to BYU-Idaho, <laughs> where we met, um, we did the whole potluck roomies, and it's you know it was we risky. recommend it it was risky it, it's it's a risky thing to do but it worked but, out <laughs> but it worked out for us yes. and nine years later we are best friends and we are making a podcast wow <laughs> look at us go <laughs> we are going and let's just say we are pros at long distance we're it's, killing it we are killing it because yeah, most of the time she's an AZ. yeah most of the time that we've been friends the past nine years we have not lived in the same place so it's pretty impressive. Yeah, but we make it work it. out. We do. We do. And it's yeah, so good. <laughs> we really do. Random roommate, it turned out. Yes. Here we are, best friends, long distance. It turned out. Making a podcast. <laughs> that's making a podcast of how things turn out. And Alyssa and I have huge testimonies on how everything works out, how everything turns out. And so we were going to name it The Workout, but then we realized that people would probably think it's a workout podcast. Like Which how it's not. Like lifting weights. <laughs> Which it's not. It's how things always somehow turn out for the best. And so that's how we came up with the name The Turnout. Just another name for how things work out. It's perfect. I love it. It is perfect. And one day I was Googling um, turnout quotes and hoping there would be one out there. (laughs) And this random guy named John Wooden. Shout out to John. who he is. (laughs) Shout out to John. Well, well, we love him because he honestly was inspired to write this quote and it was really honestly meant for us in this podcast um he said things turn out best for the people who make the best of the way things turn out and we couldn't agree more and we strongly agree that things always turn out for the people who make the best of the way things are going for them and so we just love it it's so good and honestly we're just two best friends trying to figure things out and this is a perfect way for us to share and learn from everybody else um how to kind of make that process easier because we are for sure not experts. We've had our hard times and experiences, but we're not experts here. And we know that things are hard for every single person. Everybody struggles with different things. And it's almost impossible to always feel positive. But, and we also know that there's no way to compare pain. So like my pain is obviously very different from yours. But like Brick said, we do have testimonies of Christ and the very specific and personal ways that he shows up and works in our lives. And we know that every single thing we go through is for our own good if we let it. So that's why we're doing this podcast. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Alyssa and I was also talking and sometimes you don't see the turnout necessarily 
like immediately or maybe not even in this life. But, um, you know, we know that blessings, you know, some come soon, some come later, and some don't come until heaven. That's a quote from um, Elder Love Holland. That. And we believe that. So sometimes, like, the turnout might not even happen in this life. And life is totally difficult and hard sometimes. But as we just um, trust in God and just know that he's in control and he wants us to be happy and we just put all that trust in him, everything will work out in the yeah. end. And we were thinking about it and really the turnout can have many different different definitions like it can mean something different for everybody but if your definition is that the turnout is when everything goes exactly the way that you want it's going to be really hard to be happy so it's all about adjusting and learning to manage your expectations and that's one way to make sure that things always turn out is by always taking a hard experience and learning from it so that's kind of what we wanted to just help facilitate here. And it's just really fun to be doing this with my bestie. Amen, sister. Right <laughs> back at you. So we're going to actually start off um, by sharing stories of ourselves, of how just the experience that we have, how things turned out. Yes. So Alyssa, yeah. do you want to go first? Sure, I'll give first? mine. So okay. I was thinking Woo-hoo. about a really good one, and this is the first one that popped into my mind. So. This took place, it was two days before my due date with my first baby. I only have one baby. (laughs) But um, anyways, it was two (laughs) days before my due date. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I noticed that I was bleeding. And that's never usually a good thing. (laughs) And so I called my doctor and he said, okay, well, you might as well go to the hospital to get checked. Can't hurt. And so I went there. I was so nervous, so scared. And... Um, when I got there, the nurses tested it, me and they said it, that I was bleeding because of a cyst that I had, which didn't turn out to be dangerous at all. But because I went in that night, the nurses found that I was losing the fluid that the baby's in and that we needed to deliver that day. So I don't really know what would have happened if the cyst hadn't popped, <laughs> sorry to be gross, but, <laughs> and sent me to the hospital, I don't know what would have happened. And so honestly, I can see it as a huge blessing now where in that moment I was terrified and I was, everything was so uncertain and I didn't know what was going on. But then in the end, it all turned out because I have a healthy baby boy and I feel so very blessed for that. So there's my experience. I remember you telling me and it's just terrifying, you know, like I was just so scared and it's just crazy. Um, you don't actually think a terrifying experience would turn into the biggest blessing. And my mom, yeah. And my mom, she always just talks about, um, God's interventions, you know, in our lives. And I believe God, um, knew what could have happened and he totally intervened with everything. Absolutely. Like I could not agree more. So amazing. I love that story so much. Okay. So my turn out. Here we go. <laughs> okay. So mine's actually really crazy because it more really crazy. I've just like an experience. Okay. Let me just go just into go this. <laughs> so, so I'm a videographer. That's what I studied in school. And I was asked to do a first look. And a first look is where the bride and groom see each other for the first time in their wedding attire. The bride, um, she hired me and she also hired a photographer to capture this special moment. And the photographer p- picked, sorry, the photographer picked, <laughs> tongue twister, <laughs> um, Utah Lake as the location. And so um, I get there and I look around and there are fishermen 
everywhere. And I start freaking out because I don't see any available spots for photos. And so kind of freaking out. And I meet up with the photographer and thank goodness she has a location in mind for these pictures and videos. So um, we set the bride and groom up and they're not looking at each other. And then the photographer just goes, okay, bride go. So the bride starts walking towards the groom and then my crane, which keeps my camera stabilized, it just decides to just stop working. And so Ooh. I'm frantically freaking out trying to film without my crane. And so the bride, she touches the groom's shoulder. And at that point, I'm just filming at a certain angle. And then when she touches his shoulder, I turn to a different angle. <laughs> As I'm turning my camera, my heart just drops because I notice a fisherman right no. between them in the background. No. <laughs> so in this special moment... The whole reason I'm there to film this very moment, this special moment of the bride, the groom, and then there's this fisherman. So anyways, the, after we filmed that, the photographer then asked um, the bride and groom to move to another location. And I'm just in the back of my head thinking, okay, like, should I ask them to record it again? Like, what do we do? And then I'm just like, oh. you know what? No, I'll just fix this in post. So later... The next day, I'm going to edit, and I bring the clip into different programs, trying to edit out this fisherman, and I realized that, like, just because of my lack of skill, slash, the fisherman goes, like, behind the bride and groom's head, I just couldn't edit it out. So I'm freaking out. I speak to my mom about it, and she's like, why don't you just crop it out? And so I've just been so focused on editing the fisherman out that I hadn't considered my different options and so I was able to edit in a certain way where you didn't see the fisherman so it all worked out so it seemed to be a complete disaster what caused me so much stress actually all worked out and so I learned a great deal from my first look video and experiences really do add value (laughs) you know experiences are valuable lessons oh my gosh first of all it would be so hard to be a photographer slash videographer I don't know how you do it (laughs) you know in the moment (laughs) I was so stressed I'm like why am I doing this why is this fun (laughs) but at the end of the day I'm like okay I actually really do love this it all worked out it all worked out I recommend I recommend filming it's fun you know that's so interesting though because that kind of teaches you for the next time to real take a step back from the moment and be like you know what there's other ways there's you know like calm down things work out like there's other ways to fix it I love that (laughs) that's 100% that can be applied to many different things in life amen so Alyssa and I we have asked our besties friends family for their turnout stories and so we received a lot so we're gonna start off by just reading um just what our friends and family has sent in yeah, these stories are amazing. So we hope that you get as much out of them as we have, as we've been asking for them and reading them. So um, exactly. Yeah, I'll go ahead and start. Does that work? Go for it. Okay. Yeah. Here's the first one. As a child, I suffered with severe anxiety. My parents did the best they could in trying to help me deal with it, but it wasn't until I found a friend in seventh grade that it finally got better. This friend saved me on a day that started out as one of the worst days of my young life, the dreaded first day of junior high. Can't we relate? (laughs) My anxiety (laughs) level was already through the roof as I entered the front doors, but as soon as I found my first period classroom and sat down, my heart sank. I looked around the room and didn't see anybody I knew. 
Everyone was talking to each other, and I just sat there trying to act calm, but my heart was pounding, and I wanted to disappear. After what seemed like an eternity, the teacher started calling out the role, and I realized that he never called my name. He then asked if anybody's name wasn't called, and I had to raise my hand while everybody in the room stared at me. After a few questions, he said that this was 8th grade science, and my room was directly upstairs. The whole class laughed as I got up and left. I ran up the stairs to the right classroom, talked to the teacher, and then he handed me a test and told me to sit at the one empty seat left. As I took the test, I didn't know any of the answers, and at that point, the tears began to silently fall. It was at that moment when a girl named Lara that sat across from me leaned over and asked me if I was okay. She told me the test wasn't being graded, and it was just to see how much we knew of the upcoming lessons for that year. She was so sweet and whispered that everything will be all right. Afterwards, she asked if I wanted to be locker partners with her, and we became best friends from that moment on. If I had not walked into the wrong room, I most likely wouldn't have met her. This girl invited me to church with her. She then invited me to early morning seminary, and then at the age of 16, I was baptized. She taught me about Christ and Heavenly Father, and once I learned that I could pray and they would hear my prayers and that they knew and loved me, that right there helped my anxiety level go way down. Because of her sweet actions, my life changed forever. I married an amazing man in the temple, and all of our children have served and are serving missions. They have touched the lives of so many people in their missions. My parents also joined the church 30 years after I joined, along with my sister. We were sealed together in 2010. Isn't it amazing what being kind can do? She could have looked at me and thought I was the weirdest person crying in class, but instead she reached out with love. I love that story so much. Such a good one. It just... It's so inspiring to just be kind to others. Yeah. And it shows that God works through other people. That's yeah. one of the ways he shows his love for us. Yeah. I so we can let other people be kind to us. And then also keep mm-hmm. that in mind. You know, we can really help be a part of somebody else's turnout if we're just kind. Exactly. I love it. Okay. So during my second semester of college at Utah State, I was super duper stressed out about, should I go to a different school? What should I study? Should I go to be a nanny? I was really, really overwhelmed and stressed about my future and I didn't know what to do. I was praying, Heavenly Father, please help me know what to do with my future. Then my dad texted me and said he found a nanny position in New York and I thought, oh my gosh, this is the answer to my prayers. I was so happy. And so I looked into it and researched it And it just was not working out. The mom wasn't getting back to me and I never felt good about it. So then I thought, okay, that's not it. And I just kept hearing in my head, serve a mission, serve a mission, serve a mission. But I was not going to serve a mission. No questions asked, not an option. And I just kept hearing that. And I was like, okay, fine. You know what? I will ask Heavenly Father if I am supposed to serve a mission. I'm not going to, but I'll ask him. I knelt down and before I even said anything like, dear Heavenly Father, or anything, I literally just said, okay, I'm going to serve a mission. The biggest wave of peace and calm came over me. My mind literally felt crystal clear like a still pond with no ripples or anything. It was just so clear, and I was like, dang it, because I knew I had to serve a mission, and I didn't (laughs) want to serve a mission. I put in my papers, and everything went perfectly. Serving a mission was the best decision I ever made. 
and it was the best 18 months of my life. I loved it and I'm a different person because of it. I know that that was Heavenly Father's plan for me. And so it seems to me like nothing was going to work out. And then all of a sudden, everything was working out perfectly. And I felt so peaceful about it. I know that Heavenly Father had a plan for me. And that was the plan. Hands down, that was the plan. I felt peaceful from there forward. And it was amazing. I know that if we trust in the Lord and we are faithful, things will work. Things will work. But if we do our own things and we're stubborn and we don't ask the Lord and don't include him, I can't make that promise. I do know that if we are faithful and keep our covenants and include the Lord in our life, everything will turn out. Oh, that's so good. Because so good. if you think about it, like God only wants us to grow. And so why are we ever afraid of that? You know, like hearing that, oh, go on a mission. Like, why is that always so scary for us to make those big <laughs> changes when we know you know if yeah. he's directing us then of course it's going to be for our good and of course it's going to work out I love that yeah I love that too so good so good okay here's the next one after growing up in a very small town and being somewhat isolated from the outside world I knew that after I graduated from high school I wanted to travel and experience that outside world I wasn't able to go to college, so I determined the only way I could experience those dreams was to join the military and hopefully see that world. Now, this all sounded great, but I did have some obstacles to overcome. I had never been away from home before, and I was very close to my twin sister. After convincing my sister to join me, I felt I could really do this, and I was excited for this new adventure. The day we were supposed to leave, she backed out, and I never felt so disappointed. Even though I was scared to death, I decided to go ahead with my plan and see if I could do this. As it turned out, it was the most important and best decision I could have ever made. I will have to admit, it was very hard and I had to grow up very quickly, but for the next three years, I traveled the world and had some amazing experiences. And to top it off, I met the most amazing man in France that would later become my husband. Sometimes you have to overcome your greatest fears and have faith everything will be okay. I love that story. And as I was listening, I just kept thinking like life is not meant to be comfortable. Yes. You know, like we don't grow when we are in our comfort zone. And I love that she was brave enough to just take a leap of faith. And she says like, you know, at the end, like everything will be okay. And she knew that everything would be okay. I love that. So good. Yeah. So true. So good. Okay. My fiance interviewed with a company that he really wanted to work for and the position he wanted, he didn't get. And he was really upset about that. However, the guy who interviewed him was so impressed with him that he recommended him for another job at the same company. He interviewed for that new job and got the job at that company he really wanted. It would have never, he would have never known about the other position if it wasn't for the the interview he didn't get. Plus, the guy gave him a great referral. It really was the Lord because without that referral and recommendation, it would have never worked out. We were so excited and so convinced the Lord brought that opportunity into his life after he didn't get it the first time. I hope it will inspire someone to not give up and keep trying and that things really do end up for a reason, even if we don't know it at the time. It was in the Lord's hands all along, and we shouldn't have worried about him not getting the first job in the first place when the Lord's plans were to give him a different job within the same company. I love that story that you just read because, first of all, it makes me think about how important timing is. And I love that this person attributed everything to the Lord because it's so true. Like, we need to sometimes take a step back and think, is my faith dependent on the outcomes that I want? 
Like if things don't go my way, does that mean that I'm not going to have faith anymore? And I think that's so important to be like, you know what? No, my faith stays the same no matter what happens, no matter the outcomes. If something good happens or something bad, we always keep that faith steady. Then we'll feel great once things really do work out, just like what happened with this guy. This is awesome. So good. So good. Okay, here's the next one. My first job out of college was awful. My goal was to stick it out and wait for my year mark and then quit and find a new job. But I was so miserable that I couldn't wait anymore, so I decided to start looking for jobs. I got a job offer from a small startup company that I thought would be awesome for, to work for. But then I found out the pay would be lower than that w- than what I was making, and they offered me no benefits. That was devastating because I really wanted to take it so that I could get out of my current job. But I knew I didn't want to give up my pay and benefits, so... I turned it down. A couple months down the road, I got another job offer from an amazing company uh, with great pay and benefits, which isn't even the best part. I've actually been promoted a couple of times and now work directly with the CEO. If I would have taken the first job offer, I have no idea where I would be today. This month will be my fourth year since I started working for this company. Woo! (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, it's so awesome. And I love that she just had so much patience. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, just patience and God's to stick it out. And just trusting him and just to stick it out because you Sometimes know, God really all does you can want do. us to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He does. And she so just has to trust him. So we just got to find it. happiness in the moment that we're in and work towards what we want. So I love that. Exactly. I was preparing to go on a weekend trip with my basketball team in high school and while packing noticed that my wallet was missing. I couldn't find it anywhere. It felt like I was looking for it for ages. I tore apart my room and the house but couldn't find it. In a moment of frustration, I knelt at my bed and offered a prayer asking that I would be able to find my wallet for the trip. I needed it to pay for food and other things while I would be gone. After praying, I looked to my right and immediately saw my wallet wedged between my desk and the wall it was up against. It must have fallen behind it at some point. I would have never seen it if I hadn't prayed. Oh my gosh, this is so relatable because how many times (laughs) have I lost something and like prayed for it (laughs) to find it and then it disappears. And with Alyssa and I, we are like the same when we lose a thing the whole world ends ends. everything pauses until we find that thing yeah exactly and I was just thinking too because I lose something almost every day yeah but I sometimes I don't think to listen which sounds so stupid because my first thought is oh I lost the thing I'm a prey but then how often do I actually listen same (laughs) so anyways it's so love these stories that's a great story so good My dream plan as a boy was to play shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles, my boyhood city and team. I was fanatical about practicing from the time I was about six years old, and that continued through the years after we moved to the west where it snowed in the winters. Once I even coerced a younger brother to shovel the snow off the backyard with me so that he could then throw grounders to me for practice. My plan was crushed, however, as I entered high school because my body refused to grow until it was too late to be a contributor to the high school team. While it was devastating for a few years, I fortunately found new hobbies and goals. If I hadn't been flexible enough to adapt my plans when it became apparent they wouldn't turn out, I would have gone down a path that would have been a dead end. I know that now because the player who became the Orioles Orioles shortstop for 21 years broke the record for never missing a game and set what is now thought to be an unbreakable record of playing in 2,632 straight games. 
In other words, I would have been watching him play my dream job for my whole career. More importantly, I realize now that the experiences I have had because that plan didn't materialize have helped me become the person I truly want to be, even though in my youth I had no idea that so much happiness could be had by the great life this alternative plan has given me. Most of all, I don't know who I would be without my wife and family and the important relationships I have with so many wonderful people. I am glad my first dream was stymied by delayed physical growth so that I could have the life I now enjoy. What a cool story. I love that. Um, As you were telling it, I kept thinking how God is in control. Like Mm -hmm. he sees the bigger picture and he knows our wants versus our needs um, and so we just need to just trust him and know that he wants us to be happy. Yeah. And just trusting his plan. Especially when things are not in our control, like height. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, righty. Well, the thing that comes to mind the most is my wedding. So it turns out that two of my bridesmaids wouldn't have been able to be in my wedding in July anyways. One broke her foot and the other bridesmaid and her husband are expecting their first child. I was really excited for the wedding and crushed when I heard the virus was going to prevent me from having it this July, but I know I was meant to have it next year so that all my bridesmaids that mean the most to me can be there. It showed me that everything really does happen when the time is right. Wow. First of all, I feel for all the brides who are having to deal with this COVID stuff. I know. It's heartbreaking because it's actually so important to have all of your friends and family there. And I'm really glad that it's going to work out for this girl. Me too. So sad. So So sad. But she's so happy and positive. Glad it's working out. Yes. I know. Love that. (laughs) Okay. Here's the next one. One semester of college, I applied for a summer internship that would take me from Utah to Colorado. It was pretty much guaranteed that I got the job, so I was shocked to find out I didn't. I was super bummed, but little did I know, because I didn't go, I met my wife that summer. What seemed like the worst thing ever turned out to be the best event of my life. Love that. (laughs) Cutest story ever. I'm dying. The timing. It's all about the timing. (laughs) It really is all about God's timing. Love it. Ever since I was little, I remember my big sister going on a mission. She would send me letters and we would draw her pictures. I was really young, but I remember her always talking about how it helped her so much throughout her life. I remember at 19, my guy friends preparing to go on missions. And I was always so excited for them and I wished I could serve already. Fall 2012, I remember preparing for general conference an hour before it was to start and writing down the question, What can I do to prepare to serve a mission? After I wrote down that question, President Monson had announced that the church would be lowering the age of missionary service to 18 for men and 19 for women. I started crying because I knew I would be able to go and serve right then. Once I started the process and the interviews, I got scared. I wondered if this was really what I should even do, though I desired to do it all my life. My bishop assigned me an article to read because I expressed some doubt. I don't remember what it was called, but I do remember that it talked about how sometimes you have to take a step of faith into the dark or unknown in order to get to the light, the known. After I read that, I knew that taking a step of faith by going on a mission might seem scary and unknown, but ultimately I would have faith I would have faith and find the light or my reason for my desire. I'm so glad that I followed through with my desires and grateful that it all turned out. Um, I, I love, love that. And I lo- <laughs> Go ahead. 
<laughs> well, Alyssa and I, we were both there together yeah. on the couch when this happened. This is like kind of when like President Monson. This is totally like our story too, and this is one of like our good friends actually too that yeah. started shared this story. But anyways, it's just super cute that everything worked out. Sorry, now what were you gonna say? Yeah, no, <laughs> I was just gonna say the exact thing, and we've talked about missions already, and so. Um, for those of you who don't know what a mission is, or when we talk about missions on here, it's most likely referring to um, a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is a mission from either 18 or 24 months that we go serve and teach the gospel. So there's that. Um, so Brooke served in Jamaica in the Bahamas, and yeah. I served <laughs> in Nicaragua. And so we had, I mean, this also happened to us too. <laughs> so that's a really cool story. I just love it. It's all about how overcoming our fears and just realizing that God doesn't want us to fail. And so he will help us. Anytime he asks us to do something, he'll always help us. He will. I agree. Okay, here's another mission one. <laughs> I returned home from my mission early for medical reasons in January 2014. I had only been out for six months, so it was extremely disappointing to have it end that way and to have to come back. I felt embarrassed and I felt like a failure in many ways. But little did I know that it would end up being the best possible thing that could have happened to me. It taught me patience and trust in the Lord's will. I truly gained a testimony of the enabling power of the atonement and of the love the Savior has for us. It also helped me trust in myself and realize that no matter what other people say or think, the truth doesn't change. And the truth is that I knew I gave 110% of myself to the Lord and that I had accomplished the things which I was commanded. It also worked out nicely for me because I met the group of friends through which I'd eventually meet my future wife. Trust in God, and I promise you that things will work out for the best. So good. I love when this person says, the truth doesn't change. Yep. Uh, so good. And, you know, God really knows our hearts, and his opinion is the only one that really matters in the end. I love it's that so, so much. It's so good. And it reminds me of a quote that I heard. I think it was from Elder Uchtdorf, and it he said something like, the truth is the truth no matter how many people believe it. And I love that. It's Ooh, so good. That is so good. Okay, ready for the next one? Yeah. Okay. Divorce is hard for everyone involved. It's like how you feel when your favorite band broke up. Do you remember that? You thought One Direction was going to be together forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, people change and grow apart. It's life. When my parents decided to get a divorce, it shattered my little world. I was only six. My big sister and I had just come in from a perfect summer day outside. Casey was getting us water as I sat there wiping sweat off my face, happy and tired. Then my parents walked in. I don't remember much of what happened next, but I remember the feeling in the room immediately changed. The easy happiness I was feeling moments ago was replaced with a shadow. They sat down and told my sister and I that they wanted to talk to us. They were holding hands on top of the table, I guess to show they were unified in their choice to divide our family. I was too young to decide what understand. I was too young to understand what that meant. I just kept thinking, are we done here? I want to go back outside. As a kid, you feel like nothing can touch you. The next few years proved that to be wrong. My parents got divorced. We started living with my mom and her new boyfriend, who happened to be an abusive drug addict. I thought it was the worst thing to ever happen to me that Ben stuck around. But then my sisters were born, and I was introduced to the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Casey, Shannon, Kayla, and Ashlyn are my best friends. I couldn't imagine life without my sisters. So although my life started off a little more chaotic than most, it gave me my family. It also gave me my faith. I could easily say the worst part of my life was also the best part. Funny how they can intertwine like that. I love that last part, how she said, funny how things can intertwine like that. Like, have the worst part also be the best part of your life. I agree. And this friend of mine is seriously the sweetest, kindest girl. And you would just never know that, like, everything that she's been through because she has wow. such a positive outlook on life. That's so cool. She's so, so like, sweet. the next time we go through something hard, we can also think, hey, maybe this will turn out to be something good for me. Yeah. And you become way stronger from your, like, bad experiences, your trials and things like that. I was on my high school's dance team and we performed during halftime at all of our school's football games. Our football team made it far in the season and had a big game coming up. It was scheduled for the week of Thanksgiving, but my family planned a trip to Utah that week. I was so disappointed and low-key kind of mad that I was going to miss it. It turns out that the game was three hours away. The football game was very uneventful. It was freezing cold and it downpoured the whole time, which meant that my dance team didn't even get to perform during halftime because the field was too wet to dance on. So they drove three hours for nothing. (laughs) When I came back from my trip, my friends kept telling me that it was the most miserable game they've ever been to. And after hearing them rant about it, I was so glad that I missed it. (laughs) I like this example because it's like, it's a small one, but it's so real. Like we all have these little moments, (laughs) like losing things or just a bad day, really. Amen. And I <laughs> I have major FOMO, fear of missing out. So Same. it would have killed me to know I'm missing out on something huge. Oh, yeah. But what a turnout because I rarely think, wow, I'm really glad I missed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you no know, kidding. so what a blessing. Wow. <laughs> so true. 2020 has been rough. I feel like it's safe to say that COVID-19 has created some loss, hardship, trial, etc. for most everyone out there. Back in January, my grandma passed. She had been sick with Alzheimer's disease for so long, so it was expected. But it was just still so hard for me. Right after my grandma passed, my car was in a hit and run and got all bashed up. And then I started up school again and I was in challenging courses. And then I feel like all the little things went wrong too. I broke my watch, drove an hour for a meeting on to find it was canceled, etc. It just all seemed a little too much all at once. As things kind of settled down towards the end of January, I thought, okay, things are finally going to get better. I had a rough January, but it's over. All the bad things have happened. It's going to get better. Bring it on, February. February went on, and I was still struggling with some anxiety and stress. In March, my dad gave me a blessing. During that blessing, I felt the spirit and knew that things would, maybe not right now, but eventually get better. I knew that Heavenly Father would be there with me through all the struggle. I hadn't been reaching out to my father in heaven recently because I just felt like I was not getting help and my situation had not changed. In fact, it seemed as though things had gotten worse. But I decided to try again, start praying again, start having faith again. COVID-19 hit and I was like, wow, I was so wrong about how this year would get better, lol. I started working on the COVID floor. It has been very overwhelming and emotional. I mean, the patients are sick, like really sick, and they have very high acuity. Every day I pray to Heavenly Father and ask him to watch over my patients, give peace and comfort. I ask him to help me be empathetic, kind and quick to notice and act when conditions worsen. 
Every day is challenging, but every day I make it. And every day I feel my Heavenly Father with me, giving me peace and discernment. At the end of the shift, things work out. My patients are taken care of and watched over because the spirit and angels are with me. Things always do work out. Sometimes things get worse before they get better. Sometimes things are pretty bad for a long time, but eventually they get better. And while we wait for things to get better, we can rely on our Heavenly Father for peace and comfort. This one just makes me want to cry. It's just so good. And me too. first of all, thank you for being so strong and being a nurse at this crazy time of life. But I love how she pointed out that you just make it day by day and you just do the things that you know you're supposed to do to get through a hard time. And like she said, sometimes that things are pretty bad for a long time, but eventually they do get better and we can rely on Heavenly Father for that comfort in those difficult moments. So I love that. Me too. Shout out for the real heroes. Honestly, all the nurses and doctors. Yeah, really. Thank you. Thank you. In March of 2018, I applied for a student teaching position starting in April. I got a call saying that I was denied the position because I hadn't passed the middle school praxis yet, which I think, I think for those of us listening are like exams that you take to qualify you to be a teacher. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Anyways, she says, I was devastated because that meant I would have to do student teaching in the fall instead, which would make it harder to find a job after student teaching. I ended up getting a call a week later from that same lady. She said that if I was willing to drive up to Layton, Utah every day for my student teaching position, that she would give it to me considering there were only three spots. I decided to take it. The two-hour commute every day was worth it. After failing the middle school practice twice, I ended up retaking it in May. In order to pass, you need a score of 148 or higher, and I ended up getting a 148 exactly and passed it. So yes, that same lady who denied me at first ended up being one of my biggest blessings. She was able to connect me with the right people. She recommended me to a principal, and that's where I spent my last two years teaching. Even though in March of 2018, I was scared of the future and the unknown, looking back, it all worked out in the end. I love this story and I can totally relate um, because I had a really important exam and I failed it, but it made me more appreciative when I actually passed it the second time. Yes. And I also learned that I am smart and a hard worker when I put my mind to it. And I totally would have taken it for granted if I passed it the first time and probably wouldn't have known as much as I did after I passed it the second time. That is so true. That's a great point. Okay. Here is is our last last story. Yep. Oh yeah, it is. Okay. (laughs) I was like, wait, me not. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. A few years ago, my parents were living in Auburn, California. One day my dad started smelling smoke And so he went to the kitchen thinking my mom was burning some toast. However, that was not the case. Oh, no. So he looked outside and he saw his bushes on fire. He went outside thinking he was going to use a hose to put out the fire. But then he saw a lot of homes on fire and the fire was encroaching on his house. Oh, he immediately got my mom and they jumped in the car and drove out of the garage and the neighborhood. They didn't take anything with them, such as a phone, medicine, or any valuables. Needless to say, their house along with the neighborhood was destroyed completely by fire. They eventually went to a community school, and it was there 
We had friends who found them and who communicated to the family that they were okay. So what were they to do? No house, belongings, or plans to live anywhere for the rest of their life other than at the house that just burned down. My dad was 92 and my mom was 83 at the time. It can be pretty discouraging to see all of your earthly belongings gone, but they had many pleasant memories and a family to support and love them. With the help of their children, they were able to move into an assisted living facility for a little over a year, and then it worked out that they were able to move into a nice house with one of their daughters to care for them. This turned out to be a huge blessing. As they aged, they needed more family care, so living with a daughter who was a sweet blessing for them. Though they lost their house and belongings, the insurance settlement provided them means to live comfortably the rest of their life. So sometimes tragedies can be a blessing, particularly as we look for the silver linings and look for opportunities to make the best of the experiences that life throws at us. Okay. Um, can you even imagine being like, hmm, I smell something burning. You go outside and literally the world is on fire. <laughs> and can you Excuse imagine? Excuse me? This- <laughs> and this cute little 92 year old man oh, is, decides to take a hose and to put the bushes out himself <laughs> <laughs> my heart oh my gosh it's tragic it's honestly it's, tragic I so don't know tragic. how you would come back from that one and but the thing is I love what this person says is how like talks about like our earthly possessions like just imagine if you lost everything it really gives the term perspective that like you know, when we leave, we're not bringing anything with us, but just our memories. And yeah. so kind of just remembering life in that way. Anyway, that's a really good perspective. Honestly, in every single story we shared today, I feel like the biggest thing is keeping an eternal perspective and realizing that, yeah. okay, things are hard now, but they get better no matter what. And I just think that some that we're here on earth to learn the lessons that we can only learn through having hard times and through suffering. And so it's okay that we suffer. It's okay that times are hard. As long as we keep in sight what's most important, that Heavenly Father's there, that we're not forgotten, and that He loves us. So I love all of these. Me too. And I think that also I take away as well as like we go through hard times. And for me, I stressed out like crazy, like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. But the thing is, I look back, I'm like, why did I stress? Because everything worked out. Yeah. You know, like if I, you know, like, why did I freak out? Because in the end, it all worked out. So anyways, we hope that you guys all took something away from the stories that our family and friends shared. And if you have a story, please send it in to us. Um, at the turnout underscore on Instagram, or we also have an email. It's what the turnout podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. So please send in your stories. Yeah. So like Brick said, we want to each week we want to talk about different topics. So they won't all be like this, but we do want to share at least one of your stories at the end of each podcast. And so yes, please, please DM us or email us. That's at the turnout underscore, like Brick said, on Instagram. And yeah, you can also get updates and highlights from the Instagram as well. So it's a good place to get to know us. And please rate, review. We love you already. We're so excited for we this. Do. And yeah. Yes, thanks so much for joining us. Please tune in next week on Tuesday. Turnout Tuesdays. All right, love you guys. Bye.